No, I was pushing this episode hard over the past week on stream, so I th think, hopefully, fingers crossed, we may have some new faces in the chat tonight. Let's see it. Yeah. Let's go, people. We've been live for 12 seconds. Let's go. Let's see that 12 engagement. 12 seconds. Good God. Let's see that engagement. Yeah, baby. Let's see it. Zero dropped frames. Zero dropped say that frames. Every time because I, I'd love to see zero dropped frames. Wow, we've got an intense Mountain Dew Pitch Black ad playing on our Twitch stream right now. So I that, guess there's a pitch. What's pitch black taste like? Uh, uh, it tastes like a, a wrestling match between Bray Wyatt and LA Knight. And I say that because when Mountain Dew brought pitch black back, that was how they promoted it. So they went to the WWE, they signed an exclusive contract and two, two gentlemen had a match called a Mountain Dew pitch black match. Uh, ridiculous. It basically consisted of the arena being dark and everything being in like a really bright neon. It kind of looked like an EDM show, but a wrestling match. It's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> I, I like how you sold yourself on it as yeah. you were telling about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, looking back at it, it wasn't that bad. Everybody in the arena was drinking a cold, delicious, crisp Mountain Dew pitch black at the time. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Did somebody launch like three or four pitch blacks from the crowd somewhere into the ring? Didn't see Stone any Cold comes out of nowhere, catches them. Nice. I like that writing. Maybe we should get you on the booking team with the dub. Um, Let's go. Uh, I will say that I, I think I'm looking more towards WrestleMania because the new sponsorship is with Snickers. So everybody's assuming there's going to be some sort of Snickers take a bite out of your hunger match. So we'll see. I'm tickled pink that that's a real thing that they decided to do twice. There must be big money in it for them. I would love to see a wrestling villain pull out a Snickers bar and hand it to oh, his dude. enemy. Mid-match, yeah. Yeah. And let, they could like do the thing where, you know, it's like you've got Taylor Swift in a commercial, but she's actually... Or, well, no, you've got Joe Pesci in a commercial, but he's actually Taylor Swift, and he's like, bah, 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 and then he takes a bite out of his Snickers, and he goes back to being Taylor Swift. He's like, ah, so nice. Something like that, you know? Bad guy takes a bite out of a bar, goes under the ring, and emerges as someone entirely new. Carrying a chair. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have y'all played any video games? I've been playing WWE 2K23, baby! Yeah! And luckily, we can talk about it. The embargo lifted today. Very similar to last year. Very, very similar to last year. But that's not a bad thing, because last year was awesome. Um, yeah. There's really not a ton to say about the game, because as with all sports games, really, again, like it's if you've played one, you've played them all. And uh, yeah, it's... A solid entry into the series. 2K and visual concepts continue to sort of dig the series out of the grave after 2K20. Um, yeah, it, it's got this nice... For wrestling fans, uh, I guess the big, uh, the big selling point this year is the John Cena showcase mode, where they go through John Cena's career and allow you to, uh, you know, play out his... It's actually, unlike last year, where you played as Rey Mysterio and you went through Rey's biggest wins uh with john you actually go through his biggest losses throughout his career and you play you play as his opponents and you get these little like 
uh, slick looking narrations from John uh, himself. He's in a studio and he's in a suit and he walks up to the microphone looking all professional and he narrates, he narrates like what's about to happen. It's pretty well done. It's actually pretty well done. One of the better like sports game, uh, one of the better ideas of like meshing real life with the sports in sports games, I think. Uh, yeah, pretty well executed. Good game though. It, it's in like the three day early access now, so get your hands on it and uh, all the stuff. And they've done some work on the uh, character models. Character models look absolutely fantastic. We we talk about the uh, character creator as well, and uh, still best character creator in the business. Um, Any upgrades since twenty two? Well, 600 parts, they say 600 some odd parts have been added to the creator. And mm -hmm. the thing with these guys is that they, they never like take stuff out as well. It's always just building on top of what they've established. Uh, well, so yes, that's that's never gotten them into trouble in the past. Never gotten them into trouble in the past. Not yeah, once. exactly. No, no. When you can go back and find, uh, you know, Chris Benoit assets, uh, it's, it's not great. It's not a great look. Yeah. But yeah, fantastic character creator. Yeah, nice. Unrelated to this game, but I did see on Twitter someone at, for the Oscars, someone had a poll up of what was the best performance by a wrestler in a movie. And they had other options like there was any choice other than Dave Bautista in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, come on. Hulk Hogan and No Holds Barred. He makes that the wasn't even on the list. What? He makes the dude shit his pants in that movie. Oh my God! What about what about what about uh, Zeus, who played H Hogan's opponent in that movie? Oh my God! Just whatever. Well, I mean, yeah. The only one, the only other one I can think of is obviously Mickey Rourke, right? He was on there. Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, 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 yeah. Let's let's move on from wrestling before everybody falls asleep. Yeah, I mean, two K twenty three. Yeah, it's a game. Like... It exists. Yeah. I'm extremely weak. What are you talking about? <laughs> James, what, James, what, what are you, you been playing? playing? Well, I got a couple of things I couldn't say a fucking word about last time, but this time I can say some words. Uh, the preview embargo for Dead Island 2 dropped this morning, so I got some words about that. Um, now, fellas, I, I have a confession to make. Uh, last time we talked about this game unofficially off the record, I mentioned that I was having some trouble getting it to run on my beefy uh, warhorse of a fucking laptop. Well, uh -oh. I did a little testing. Maybe it's a problem with my fucking computer. It, it's just it's just one of those things where like it's one of the reasons I don't like reviewing games on PC because you have to do all this like backend wizardry just to get them to run right. And I don't I don't have the inclination. I don't care enough. I'm just like, it's just like you buy this fucking beefy machine. It should just be able to do the thing. But like we left optimization behind sometime in the 2010s. So like a game has to be out for a solid 18 months before it's like, oh, it runs on everything now. It's like, no, totally. fuck you. You launched that. Will you lazy whores? <laughs> That's the thing about preview period too. Like, you know, you know, they haven't done the optimization work yet. And, you know, Especially with a well, review copy. Yeah. Nobody is and, giving you the list of like, here's the optimized settings. If you've got this kind of hardware, here's what you should be doing. It, They'd be really smart to do that, but well, they don't. But yeah, that's, that's, that's the 
that's the the big problem I've sort of landed on is that like that's just reviewing games for PC is that like optimization process comes last, it comes after release because of course it is. You want to make sure the product works at all and ships on a you know a statistically significant number of machines, even if it's not that. And like it just like it, it feels hard for me to give an objective appraisal of something when my ideal experience is probably a couple of months away at the at, at least. And, you know, I, I say, I make comments upon their, their work ethic, but really, that's not their fault. It's just they have a lot of shit to do, and they have to make sure it works for fucking consoles, too. So, so it, it just, it's, it's just really feels lately like if I do cover something on PC, I have to sort of, like, paper over all that shit because it's just like, well, no, of course, it's not going to work quite the way you want it to because they have to optimize, yada, yada, yada. And, like, laptops kind of don't, get that sort of attention laptop setups are generally somewhat more finicky in my experience um but like there's yeah, been a, there's been a lot of noise about that lately though too with uh the number of xbox ports that are not running great uh compared to the ps5 versions and you know people on a certain side of a certain camp want to say that sony is paying developers to make things run worse on xbox that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's all about salespeople. But uh, uh, that Wo Long game was the most recent one. There was some serious, serious hiccup issues where the game would just freeze completely for three or four seconds on Xbox. Oof. Uh, which, hey, it's probably a memory bandwidth thing. The thing does not have great memory bandwidth. But. I'd be I'd be more inclined to believe that they maybe care a little bit less about optimization on the Xbox when their game is going to Game Pass. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's there's no motivation to make it a perfect experience. Yep. They're um, already paid. Yep. I will I will say that uh um playing the game, the preview, um it definitely feels a little out of time. A little out of time and place because like the game I don't I literally don't even remember when the first Dead Island came out. I know I oh, was man. still living. I was still living in Kelowna, which is wild. It is yeah. wild to me. It, it must have been wow. like 2011, 2012, or something. I think it was and 13, right around I there. I wasn't there anymore, so no. I'm oh no, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I know the game, the sequel was canceled in 2015, and now in in a month we're getting the the sequel finally, and. Maybe it's just because it's a zombie game, but it feels like it feels kind of like a 2015 game, at least in its like design and execution. The visuals are, are great. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. if you've got the hardware for it, if you're playing on a console or whatever, it's going to look fucking delicious. The way the zombies like break apart and shit like that, it's all procedurally generated. So, like, bones will like come apart or jaw bones will sort of like hang from the top of the head. And, like, when you bash people with like weapons and shit like that, like, the body parts will break in different interesting ways um the, the weapon crafting looks pretty cool too yeah this, this footage that paul's got up right now it looks great oh very yeah. very visually uh, crib crib directly from our friends at GameSpot. yeah so um the weapons look cool when you customize them wolverine claws yeah electrified yeah also is this game set in florida L la 
Yeah, yeah, you get the hills. Yeah. I found, maybe it's just because it's early days in the preview build, but I found that the combat certain things like uh, uh, the, the augmentations and the mods you could add onto it, it was just like, they kind of matter a little bit, but they kind of don't, and it, it's kind of hard to, to determine what it is that's actually going to make a significant difference in your playstyle. Like, you have all these little skills and perks and shit you can add onto your characters, and it doesn't feel like they make a huge difference in the playstyle, but it could be one of those things where it like starts small and builds and that towards the end of the game it's going to be more pronounced and you're going to be more of a like in- invincible killing machine by the time you get to the end, but like boy, you are pretty squishy in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And like I think there's level scaling which is not a great combination with that sort of like early level vulnerability. Basically, it means that, like, if you if you wander around and do a bunch of side quests, you'll get to a main area, and it's like, all right, you have to beat these guys. They are way stronger than they were, like, an hour ago. So, uh, good luck, I guess. And, uh, like, again, you, you, if you've you've got the right combination of skills, or you're, like, you're moving properly, you know, you, you, do, you, you do it just right, you can definitely get through it. But, like, fuck, man, is it ever frustrating? Especially because, like, Sometimes your items, it, I, I, I can't confirm this because that the t- my testing was extensive and not that extensive, but it felt like when you when you used up items, sometimes they were just like gone even after you died, so that like you were mm. in like some fucking trouble if if you like were taking six or seven tries to get through a place, like for example, a boss, just like a huge beefcake who like could do two hundred damage per strike. And it's just very important that you never sit still. And they have a fucking dodge mechanic where it's like, if you time your dodges just right, you get like health back or damage back or whatever. And it's like, this is a first person melee combat game. That, that shit is rude. Making me was like, oh, you just have to, to, to perfectly time your dodges. You can, of course, you can do it. But again, it just, you know, it's tough, man. That's all. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a scrub, self self professed, self confessed. You know, I I don't I don't make any secret about that. Um, yeah, but you, you beat Elden Ring. Sure. Right. That's a tough game. Goblin yeah, style, but yes, of course it is. <laughs> um, um, and uh, it, it, you know, I like to be patient and prepare and take my time. That's my play style. Yeah. And um, I you know, I ran into some trouble doing that in this game. And um, the voice acting's cool though. I like the characters. Play this but, like, yeah. Don't suppose you got a chance to play uh, multiplayer with anybody? Uh, no, no, yeah. did not. That yeah. I imagine will make a pretty significant difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally, if you, if, especially with games like this, if you find yourself with like a with like a balance or a skill issue, where it's like, hey, this feels harder than it should, probably you need a couple of buddies with you, and then. The whole balance just suddenly makes more sense. Like, um, why remnant... is that biker wearing a pair of panties? Anybody else see that? Yeah, yeah, oh. they were they were nice and shiny. What the hell was, was that? Was it like an older dude? Yeah, well, you know, long yeah. hair, toque, aviator glasses, vest, vest. Yes, yeah. I think that might be the. He's the lead singer of a of an of an old washed up rock band. You meet him on like a side quest or like a quest, right. and um. He's a hot mess. He's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Looked like it, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, James, what do you know about this card system? What's that all about? Well, that's just the the perks and the skills and shit like that. It, oh, okay. It's just like you you level up, you gain more of them. They they look really nice. They're well designed. The actual cards, they don't. Well, one of them is cool because it's like a drop kick, and that rules. Um, but there's no like actual deck building mechanic there. Not again. Not at first. Okay. It's very. It's one of those things. You start out with like a few cards. You don't have a lot of options. You get slots, you get cards at about the same rate. Eventually, as you play, you get more of them and you can swap things out. And, like, just to make it seem more significant, you know, a lot of them are pretty fucking stupid, but some are great. Again, dropkick. Yeah. Can't, can't go wrong with a fucking dropkick. I love that shit. Yeah. Um, it costs stamina like everything else. You can't just mindlessly kick your way through the, through the apocalypse. And, like, certain strikes, zombies will just get back up from, so... But you you can you can stun a guy and fuck him up that way. That's great, man. Yeah. This doesn't look like it's changing the game at all, but it looks fun. It looks fun, man. I'm looking at this footage and like I really want to get in here. Yeah, these, no, it, it, these it, executions, it, these melee kills on these zombies are fucking dope. I yeah, love them. Whoever's yeah. playing is using a sledgehammer, and that looks ultra satisfying. Yeah, slamming the ground and just knocking them all back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the, the weapon I. You had a, an electrified machete, which was good, mm-hmm. but I had, hmm, Ooh. like Ooh. Knives, knives and swords. Oh, man. Swords, if you can beef them up with the mods, are great. They are great fun because they're fast and like, and you can aim melee strikes right at the head or whatever. It's, you know, it takes some practice, but like, if you can time your swings, your stabs without getting in the reach of their big meaty arms. You can just like pop him right in the head a few times and uh, pr- pretty much in the battle, you know. <laughs> and Less how does bugs. how uh, on the flip side, how does the gunplay feel? No, no, never got one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, ne- never <laughs> in my time in the preview did I did I ever get get my hands on a fucking gun. I, I imagine they're great. I was yeah. I was wanting one very badly. Yeah, the shotgun this person was using there. It did look pretty satisfying. Yeah. Well, cool. Does this have a release date? Uh, April 21st. Oh, so soon. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. This would be this would be fun on stream, I think. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, oh, yeah. Good call. All of us. Is yeah. it going to be on uh, Game Pass? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. No. Um, I mean, I was going to say, I think I'd rather play it on PC, but just like James was saying, if the optimization isn't there, I'm I'm getting flashbacks to my nightmare my nightmare review with uh, Horizon on PC when they released the first one. Oh. Literally yeah. I literally had to write up an article, a 300 word article explaining that the review was going to be late because the game was so broken. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where like I don't like I hesitate to be like, "Oh, it's definitely a problem with the, with the game because like again, it's just it just my settings my shit just having some trouble lining things up yeah and so I, I don't you know i don't want to i don't want to lay lay any judgment upon the, the the fucking devs at this point but i mean like it's one of those things where you're kind of gonna have to see what the review copies look like for one thing yeah. and really make sure that if you're gonna like because i'm i requested specifically if i have to if i'm gonna review the game to not review it on pc yeah so i just feel like I'm, I'm gonna have an unfair tint to it yeah good call yeah. And um, 
make sure that the person who's doing so has a like like an actual tower, like a desktop that they've yeah. rigged up specifically for gaming. Uh, I I really do want to play it on PC though because you know the modding community is going to be nuts with this one. Yes, they're going to have a ton of ton of fun with it. I'm sure. Oh yeah, 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 um, no doubt. So yeah, it's 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 cool. It's fun. Um, the gameplay style I wasn't as compatible with, which I think was kind of a problem with the first one. So like I sort of knew going in that that might be a bit of an issue, but like honestly. The mechanicals, the nuts and bolts you get right down to it. So far, it's looking like a pretty well-crafted experience, and I think people are going to enjoy it when it comes out. Well, I would really love to play this with y'all on stream. Yep. I would be super, super stoked to do that. In fact, it would be cool if I have a pipe dream of us playing an entire game together. Ooh. (laughs) And maybe this could be the one. Maybe if this sticks, it could become a little bit of a series for us. Yeah, we'll see. No, it's a good dream, Red. It's a good dream. <laughs> it's a good dream. It's, it's like I'm saying, what, let's not make it a pipe dream. Let's, you know, I love it. Yes, make it a thing. Make it a love thing. It. Some point, somehow, some way. Paul, sick. Hey, Adio. Hey guys, what you been playing, playing? Destiny? Oh yeah, I saw you playing Destiny. That that Lightfall expansion, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah I've been playing I've heard, a lot of Lightfall. I've heard things. guys it's not it's not great i've okay so yeah you echo everyone else's sentiment well it's it's really a tale of two of two sides because bungie hasn't had the best track record when it comes to advancing the story of destiny and giving players what they're expecting expectations are often not lined up with what's delivered in the storyline they corrected that in the last expansion uh, the Witch Queen, which was really good. Narrative was great, really well written. There was lots going on, lots of lore to dig into, and they continued that throughout the season uh, in a way that made sense. Lightfall, at, I mean, at the end of The Witch Queen, the big bad of the universe was arriving. You know, this is happening now. You assume that that story is going to continue in Lightfall, but no. The first uh, cutscene, which we are currently watching, uh, is all about that, and then the entire game has nothing to do with that. What? The entire campaign has nothing to do with that. Uh, you are stuck on Neptune doing missions f- for a MacGuffin that has not appeared before. You don't really understand at the beginning. You don't understand at the end. Highly confusing. Not very well written. Some very confusing character choices uh, in terms of tone. Didn't love it. Mm. However, gameplay is good. It's still Destiny, so the shooting is still good. They added a new subclass, which is pretty fun to play as. They called it Strand, kind of like a Spider-Man thing. You untangle the universe into basically spiderwebs. And... That's fun. However, what they also did, because the community was, as communities do, complaining that the general content or the moment-to-moment content was not difficult enough. Now, I'm pretty sure this is a very small subset of the people that play Destiny 2 that wanted the 
casual gunplay of running around in in zones to be harder. They made that harder. So uh, you, you get wrecked quite a bit unless you're at the power cap, uh, which is pretty hard to get to. You got to play a lot to get to the power cap. Uh, and I don't know. They made it less accessible for a lot of casual players. But at the same time, they also made the raid easier. Mm. So the, usually the, the day they release the raid, it's like an all-day event where people are racing. They're trying to finish the raid first. It takes, you know, eight hours, ten hours. They were done in like two hours on this raid because it was really easy. Oh, no. So like they compressed this difficulty in a way that I don't think makes sense. I don't know. I've got questions about why this came out this way. If it feels like the gameplay or the story was kind of twisted to fit the subclass that they had created. I heard a rumor that the subclass was supposed to be part of the Witch Queen expansion last year, but it wasn't done. Mm. Yeah, it's not it's not a good one. It's not a good one. So if you like shooting things, it's great. Or if you haven't played Destiny in a long time, it's probably a good one to get into. They uh, they streamlined a lot of the systems, got rid of some of the more complex and arguably interesting parts of making builds and doing mods and things. But they added a lot of quality of life. Finally got loadouts. You can finally look at mods on one screen. So, I mean, there's a lot to like here if you're trying to get into the game. But for someone that has been playing for a long time, you're probably going to be disappointed in it. Uh, two questions. The yes, sir. most the most appealing part of this DLC to me was the visual style. Is it at least fun to look at? Is it are you are you bathed in neon as you play through Lightfall? Uh, I had that same that same thought. I was like, yeah, this looks really cool. Mm-hmm. In practice, it feels. I don't know if this is true or not, but it feels like they've reused a lot of assets. Oh. I bet I bet that is true. So, you know, a lot of the interior spaces feel a lot like um, the content from Beyond Light, which is two expansions ago. Oh. And the outside feels a lot like older expansions as well. And it's kind of it's kind of lifeless. Mm. Not my favorite zone they've ever created. But yeah, it's it's a little thin on the content front. There's. You know, there's one seasonal activity. There's always some activity that you do for the whole season that they make up story reasons to keep doing. Maybe they'll do some additional story stuff throughout the season. But to me, when you're making people buy the most expensive expansion you've ever made, there better be some frigging content in that main campaign that meaningfully pushes the story forward. It's not there. Yeah. Like uh, the the code that that I got was the expansion and the seasons for the entire year. And that was a hundred us dollars. Yeah. Whoa. Insane. The expansion alone is 50 and it is maybe like of actual content, maybe eight hours. And there's a lot of redoing things. There's a lot of points where it's like, Hey, do you remember that thing we already did one time? I bet we have to do that again to unlock some nonsense. I know why you're doing it. Destiny is all about replaying content, Mm -hmm. but man, 
So you could have used some additional stuff to do. That leads pretty well into my next question, though, because I feel like Destiny, Destiny 2 especially, has become pretty notorious for removing content. Mm-hmm. People have been unhappy about the plant. They, like, entire planets just vanished. Does Lightfall remove any of the uh, established planets? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think so. They might have uh, moved some of the raids and things to vaults. Like, they, they rotate the older pvp maps and strikes which are the the highly repeatable content mm-hmm. uh season to season and my understanding is part of that is because of the engine of the game like it just can't handle <laughs> it yeah. can't handle having that much stuff in the game or it would take forever to load things yeah oh, um so yeah i feel like destiny 3 must be on the horizon once they've done the yeah, next expansion I, i'm with you on that obviously destiny 2 wasn't uh didn't release in the era of the ps5 and xbox series x and whatnot but man we are in we are absolutely now in the era of ssds and yeah yeah, that like that excuse isn't gonna fly for much longer oh the loading time time is absurd really (laughs) like it's it's okay it's okay on a ps5 which is what i've been playing on okay Uh, but to to get to a new zone you're looking at i don't know 20 25 seconds that is not good that is really not good but given you know on a ps4 you're looking at over a minute oh easily easily oh Oh. (laughs) i would turn the game off i would i would yeah we're pretty spoiled now (laughs) just a matter like i can't believe that like Hogwarts Legacy, that's one. They're, they're shooting, they're still, the PS4 release date and the, I, I think the Switch release date is still on, on, uh, or in July. But yeah, the PS4 and the Xbox One release dates, they just got pushed back. And it's just like, why, why are people still developing for these systems at this point? There, there's enough current gen hardware out there now. Like there's 35 million PS5s yeah. or something. Yeah. There's probably eight to 10 Xboxes out there minute plus load times like that just makes me sick it's silly (laughs) but anyways the the long story short is if you're if you really want to see where the story of destiny 2 is going you should wait for this to be cheaper Mm. especially if you're not the kind of person who's going to play this all year uh because they you know it's a games as a service kind of thing they want you to play it and play it and play it i don't think there's enough moment-to-moment content to keep it interesting for an entire season especially in the last couple of years destiny has really felt like the kind of thing that you you jump in you play a lot for a few weeks you get towards the power cap you get towards um you know the the end of the battle pass the season pass whatever and you drop until the next season comes around because there's just not very much to do and it's a lot of repeated content yeah so if you want to see the story, wait for it to be on sale. But you'll probably miss a lot of the story because it's a lot of it happens in the seasons and you can't replay that stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, Boy, I think they've, really? they've got to do a big rethink <laughs> yeah. of this thing when they <laughs> come know. up with the next the next game. Seriously. They, oh, that really doesn't sell me on this. We're just <laughs> oh, like, oh, dude, that, season. I don't that do last. It. Yeah, that last endorsement there, Paul. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd have to be you'd have to be really into it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've been playing Destiny forever, but uh, yeah, I mean, well, like you said at the at the start of this, like, I'm sure very much so that it's still 
at the end of the day, the best gunplay in gaming right now. It's still oh, it's not even right? close. It's not it's, close. It's still the most satisfying game there is to just get in there and pop off some headshots. Yep. Yeah, but and add in the abilities and stuff. But, you know, yeah. they've got to rethink it when the, when they get to the next version. Yeah. So, you know, if you're somebody that's never played Destiny 2. Wait for the inevitable sale where it's it's Lightfall and every other expansion that's ever come out. Pick that up for the 20 bucks or whatever it is and, yeah. and play through some of the story content. There's lots of good stuff. But buying it for for full price, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, still have to write my review, but I'm I'm feeling like this is a, it's a six, maybe a seven. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. I, gave, I gave Witch Queen a nine. That was really good. Wow. So I mean, there you go. Like clearly, you're not just a hater. This is this is a a bad piece of DLC. No, well, and I don't I don't want to say like I did not have fun playing the game. Yeah, because it's still very fun to play. There's yeah. lots of good, uh, especially set pieces and campaign moments that are fun to run through. I just don't think there's enough of it, and they totally fumbled the story. Yeah, so it sounds like what's fun about it is the mechanics that have already been established. <laughs> you know, the mechanics that have already been established, and the new subclass does change things. The new up. subclass, okay. Uh, yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, uh, movement stuff. It's kind of like the Halo grappling hook. I was just going to ask, so you said it was kind of Spider-Man-esque. Are you able to, like, swing around yep. on your webs? Yeah, okay. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, some, well, the, especially the new environments will have little, you know, green orbs floating around. Like, it's strand energy. Mm. A lot of the story is focused around understanding what this is, and they never really get to the point where it's like, this is why it exists. Gotcha. Anyway, but you can swing around on the uh, on the green orbs or just without green orbs if you... Uh, you know, burn your ability charge. So yeah, Destiny Two exists still. All right. But uh, like I promised, I also did play uh, uh, Call of the Mountain. The Horizon oh, yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, sweet. I told you I would. Yeah, and I did. It's and pretty damn good. Yeah, I was watching uh, Linus from Linus Tech Tips play it, and he was. He's a guy that like I don't think he's often impressed, and he was actually like pretty stunned at how well it looks uh, phenomenal. Yeah, right. At how well it looks, and yeah, yeah. It's uh, the you know the fidelity, especially of the characters. It was like holy shit, this looks yeah. like Forbidden West. It's nice. the, you know, there's no diminished quality as far as I can tell. Uh, you know, it's just, there's a little bit of aliasing on edges and things here and there, but yeah, especially the big metal creatures flying around. Very impressive. Very impressive. So is this like uh is this like Horizon 2.5 or is this like a retelling of the second game what 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 is this It's an adjacent story you play as one of the Shadow Karja Oh okay gotcha uh, and and Aloy does show up early on in the story to kind of send you off on your own quest to do something for the Sun King and you know, it's not really an open world exploration kind of thing. It's 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 a mostly linear first person puzzling, climbing, platforming, bow and arrow kind of thing. So it's very much a VR game, but it works really well. Uh, mechanically, I've I've been enjoying it a lot, especially the combat against some of the larger machines. Uh, the weak point and blowing things off of machines that is kind of the most fun of the Horizon games 
comes over to VR really well. Uh, feels great to play. Yeah, I bet I bet wielding the bow and popping arrows off feels great. Oh yeah, and they they know they got it right right off the bat. As soon as you get a bow, there's a bunch of targets off in the distance, and nice. You know, it's very well tuned. So, uh, you know, you tr- the first time you try to shoot a target off into the distance, you're either close or nailing it, and you're like, yeah, nice. all right, this feels pretty good. But uh, yeah. I don't know if it's like a VR seller, but as a showpiece, this is probably the one you would want people to put, put to strap on and and have a look at if they haven't played VR before and go like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." Interesting. Not GT Seven. Well, GT Seven. It's funny. I've I've been watching a lot of GT Seven PSVR two footage, just like a ten year old kid wanting, <laughs> and um. Literally every comment is like, this is the greatest VR experience, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's everybody. People are so surprised. Everybody did think that it was going to be Horizon. It was going to be Resident Evil. But no, everybody's like, if you get PSVR 2, GT7 is what you need to have. Yeah, um, I mean, it is it is outstanding. The reason I wouldn't say it's the first thing you would want people to strap on is the motion. Mm-hmm. Uh Unless you've got like a fan set up so it actually feels like you're moving a little yep. bit, yep, uh, yep. it can get a little disorienting. It's actually pretty wild how the fan trick, like with the yeah. PSVR one, the motion sickness, from what I understand at least, the, the motion sickness is way worse on the PSVR one. And I yeah, remember that, the first time it's just I ever the tried the fidelity on that thing, right? Yeah, uh, the first time I ever tried the fan trick, all motion sickness immediately went away. Crazy, wow. Though. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I've heard of the fan trick, but I, I haven't been playing a lot of VR, so yeah, they say just you know turn a fan on and it like activates a second sense in your body. You know now now so you can actually like, feel so something. It, so it, yeah, so yeah, it's just blowing on you. Okay, yeah, uh, and I I don't really understand the biology behind it, but yeah, I I was I remember getting awfully sick in GT Sport and I turned a fan on, had it blowing on me, and it all went away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, would would uh, if anybody's planning on picking up a PSVR two, I think it's worth getting the bundle with Horizon. Is you save some, you save some money on the game uh, compared to full price. But it's it's pretty fun. Like the first time you run into, uh, I think it's a Stormbird is is one of the bigger birds that you run into not too long after starting the game. And you know it's it's a simple encounter, but it's really fun. <laughs> it's it's really fun. So. How's the the motion sickness in this one? It's pretty good. It gives you uh it gives you a lot of options for movement. Mm-hmm. Uh the video we've got on here is clearly the the most advanced smooth yeah. motion in all directions, but you can turn on, you know, snap turning or uh uh using your arms to locomote versus using the sticks. Mm-hmm. Um so there's lots of different options if you do happen to get motion sick, but I didn't find it too bad. Um Man especially in the combat with with moving around there's a lot of strafing and dodging that's side to side that doesn't uh doesn't typically make people too motion sick so and pulling back the string on the bow looks so goddamn satisfying <laughs> yeah and climbing <laughs> really as well is. oh man and the, the thing with vr as well if people are watching and they've never played vr you can never ever ever get a sense of what it's really like just watching the the flat screen footage of it yeah, you know it, it looks okay, but once you're in there, it's 
an entirely different world. It's an yeah, entirely and, different beast. And I can say, based on what we're watching here, that the field of view when you're playing in VR is significantly wider than that. Nice. I mean, you can see a heck of a lot more than than is showing there. It's pretty narrow, but nice. Um, yep. Yeah, it really does look good. Yeah. It's it's well done, and there's lots of you know VR nonsense that comes up, like you know they're playing with torches in in the video we're watching here. Yeah. There's there's drums. Oh yeah, lift there's the maracas. Lid off the you know, there's there's all the things that you want to do, and you know you want to you know you want to throw the torch into the jungle. Oh you, you yeah, can you can do that shit. <laughs> Light grass. On yep. Fire there you go. Like throw stuff. it off. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, next on my list is No Man's Sky. I haven't played that yet on VR, but dude, so, uh, here that's really good too. So I think that this is going to be the week where I order my PSVR too. So I would love to get in there with you and play that. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, that'll definitely be one that I I get. And GT Seven. Um, GT is a free update. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'll be there. It's yeah. <laughs> um. This yeah. I I I guess this could segue uh into the next game that I've been playing. Mm. In anticipation of Resident Evil 4. I got back into RE4 on uh, the Oculus 2. I was playing a little bit of that today and I I fought the lake monster today. <laughs> and do y'all know the trick where you know you can go to the dock and shoot the water? The lake monster, if you go to the dock before you get into the boat yeah, and you shoot the water, the lake monster will appear and eat you. And so I'm oh. like, I, I just have to try that. And I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. And I almost shit my pants when it did come. <laughs> like, it scared the fuck out of me. And then I was like, I, I did it a second time and it scared me again. I actually jumped a second time. So RE4... Uh, if you have an Oculus 2, I highly recommend it. Obviously, though, if, if you know, <laughs> save your money for RE4 uh, coming out in uh, 10 days or so, I think. Uh, the demo for that is out. Yeah, it is. And it but, is... Watch some video of that now. It is fucking phenomenal. Have you guys played the demo? Yep. It's incredible what they've done. It, it might be it might be the best looking game I've ever seen. Yeah, it looks phenomenal. And it's amazing what a huge step up it feels like from two and three. Remake. Oh, dude, exactly. Exactly. It feels like it's a different development team. Yeah. It's insane what they've done with this game. And of course, though, I mean, RE4, I think I think most people would agree that RE4 is the best in the series. I think that mm -hmm. most people would agree that RE4 is one of the greatest games of all time. Not just the greatest Resident Evil game, but one of the greatest games, period, of all time. So I can understand why they would want to put, you know, extra effort into this one. It felt like they really knocked it out of the park with two. They just wanted to get through three. And now that they're at four, they are about to drop uh, one of the biggest games of all time. The demo, I was blown away by how things... As much as things felt familiar, they do an incredible job of throwing a wrench into the spokes, so to speak. The mm -hmm. first, the first house that you know, the first, the iconic house where you know, in the original, you you go coming through the door, and you go around the corner, and there's the dude. He's just uh, he's tending to the fire with his back turned to you, 
And so you expect that exact thing to happen, right? And as you go, you go into the house and first off, the layout of the house is just a little bit different, a little bit different. You have to go around an extra corner. So things are already a little bit off. And so you're not really sure what to expect. And you go around and you see that, you see the glow of the fire bouncing off the wall as you come up to a corner and you go around, you expect to see, you expect to see our, our friend stoking the flames, but instead he's just standing right beside you in this one. <laughs> <laughs> As you come around the corner and it's, it was just like this brilliant moment where it's like, okay, these guys know exactly what a remake should be. It's not the, it's not going to be the exact same game, but they're going to throw enough surprises at us to make it feel like it's a new, a new experience. And then of course, it's not like the guy attacks you though. You walk, you walk around the corner and he's staring at you. And then he just slowly saunters off to stoke the flames, you know, like it's, it's so, so well done. I can't wait. I mean, Can't we've been talking about this for years at this point, but Capcom is rolling. You know, Dude. They can almost do no wrong at this point. You know, if they wanted to, to really reach into the bag of tricks and start pulling out some of their older IPs, you know, they've got the street cred and they've got the development teams, honestly, now to, to make yeah. a lot of that work, especially with the, the RE engine. Um, probably you know top two or three engines in games i would say at this point absolutely talk about a fucking resurgence for this company yeah. right like around around the time re5 i think they started to fall off definitely by the time re6 came out people were like capcom what the fuck you know and then they started to turn things around with re7 and i know they make other games but i feel like the trajectory of this company you can look at the the resident evil games and get an idea of how how they've performed as a whole and uh yeah then eventually when re7 came out the public opinion started to change and it's been nothing but banger after banger after banger since then <laughs> it's yeah. fucking nuts like like you said it seems like they can't do any wrong right now i mean well, sorry go ahead james i was just gonna say um They'll have chances. They'll have chances to fuck up a thing or two. Uh, is this not the same company that that's releasing the newest fighter on the streets? You know, um, fighter on the streets. What's Street this? Street Fighter. Street Fighter. 6. Oh, <laughs> like li listen, the, 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 right. the, the boys and girls who fight in the streets. And and if I recall, the last game, Street Fighter Five, was mostly microtransactions being held together by duct tape and broken dreams. And that's that's a good point. That's a good point. And and, and like, but it, yeah. they they seem like they're in a period of where they've learned from their mistakes. That'd be great, you know. It, uh, I think people people look at Street Fighter Four as the best Street Fighter, so they may have fallen off with Five, but I think they're primed to to get things back to where they should be with Six. All in my opinion, all of it's forgiven by getting my man Zangief back in there. Ooh, yeah, and fucking uh, E Honda as well. Like, come yeah. on, yeah, baby. But you're right, James. With five, my my best friend Alex, he is a massive, massive Street Fighter fan, and he's like, I remember there being a point where he was almost in tears at how much DLC there was and how expensive <laughs> it was. <laughs> Yes. No, <laughs> you fucking monsters! I'm a man with a single wallet. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, I mean, but like, I can't imagine that six won't be fucking 
chock full of microtransactions. It's just a matter of pricing and if it's like, if it's fun. Like if it, if the costumes and the stages are cool and they're priced decently, then okay. Like yeah, if if it's costumes, I don't give a shit. That's fine. Characters is a different fucking story, yeah. right? Like it's just yeah, like yeah, you yeah, you yeah. you you can't do that shit to us. You yeah. you can't. Uh, if you if you want to make a bunch of money off microtransactions, you do it with cosmetic bullshit that nobody cares about because people will care about it. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, character DLC. You know, don't don't drip feed it out and and charge a bunch. Put a decent number into the base game. Give us twelve. Give us sixteen. And if you're gonna bring out DLC, it better be six, eight characters for a single yep. price. Yep. 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 Absolutely. So yeah, uh, what else y'all been playing? Um, I can talk about the first five chapters of Bayonetta Origins. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's a very different experience, sort of. It is and it isn't because it it's interesting. It feels like a Bayonetta game when you're playing it. There's like little touches that feel very familiar. Like the way the um, battles are set up and structured, and the way new enemies are introduced, and the like, Cheshire's combat skills feel very familiar in like the way they're executed and the way they're unlocked. But like, tonally, this is as different from Bayonetta as it could get and still be part of the same franchise. But like, not necessarily in a bad way. Like, it feels like uh, a storybook, like a fairy tale. And, and like the to the point where the narrator who's telling the story does a bunch of the voices for the different characters. <laughs> it's adorable because you're just like you hear the, 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 the cat, the Cheshire, the, the demon friend talk. And it's just like, oh, that's just the narrator putting on a gruff, scary voice. That's fucking hilarious. And, and and like so the cutscenes feel very storybook like just a page will turn and you'll get that like art style and the art style itself is really just so beautiful all the time like the 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 the, the crazy intense fucking color scheme and the way everything like uh everything looks like hand drawn but like expertly so and the way that like uh the levels and the the powers and everything all look is just like really really beautiful um a little bored by some of the gameplay oh <laughs> uh, man this visual style I'm I'm blown away with I didn't realize that this is what they did yeah it's so it's so goddamn beautiful yeah um but I think look- Part part of the problem for me, at least, is that like it has, it feels similar to the action gameplay style of the actual Bayonetta games, and that's always been a pretty tough sell for me. So I feel like there's other people, like fans, who will jive with this a lot better than I did. Um, which and, and and I understand that you know the combat is is it's it's uh it's a very specific type. It's not going to be for everybody. It wasn't for me. But like it's approachable, it's uh, customizable, it's uh, forgiving. Um, more so than the other bayonetas. Yes, very much cool. so. 
Um, the the puzzle design I didn't love because well, like so, okay, preview preview thoughts. The puzzle design in the first uh, four or five chapters, um, you you have a you have a spell that you use to. I think it's called Witch Pulse, and you use it to open up new areas and to unlock things. You use this spell so much. And it's just <laughs> like, you do this thing where you're like, because uh, like, Cereza is all controlled with like the left Joy-Con, and Cheshire is all controlled with the right. So like, everything you do with the character is confined to that one Joy-Con or the one side of the controller. And uh, you just like, you lock on to the thing that you need to unlock with, it, with one trigger. And then you get this little spinning clock kind of thing. And then you just press the analog stick in the appropriate direction as it moves. And um, that's about it. You do that a lot. You do that a whole lot. And I, you know, didn't, don't, don't love it so far, I'll say. You know, it, it's not, mm. it, it starts to wear in a person. In those first few chapters, the amount of that you do, um, one hopes that you know more spell variety. But uh... so with the whole two character thing, is this is it designed to be played by one person or? Yes, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, the thing I noticed is that um, controlling two people at once is kind of taxing, and so their individual sections are simpler. But the trouble with that is that you don't actually need to control two characters at once very often. The only time you really have to do it is in battle. And then what you do is you get Cereza to stand in a corner somewhere while Cheshire murders everyone on screen. You can use her to, like, stunlock people, but you truly do not have to. It's just like, okay, battle time starts. Get the fuck over there. Don't move. Or do when something's about to shoot you, but otherwise just to your corner, and then Cheshire eats things. You know, uses his mouth to solve all of his problems just beautifully. Just just a real killing machine that Cheshire is. And um, so you rarely ever actually have to control two people at once. There's there's some, uh, you know, you get some puzzles where it has to happen, and you get, like, some some navigation and exploration things where you do it for a bit, but, like, 80% of the runtime so far you don't really have to use two characters at once. Hmm. It's, yeah. it's a confusing product. A little bit, yes. Um, yeah. I don't really know how old Cereza is supposed to be in this scenario. She definitely uses the word mummy a lot when referring to her mother exclusively and you're like okay so like a child and has a stuffed animal like a child and um uh has a you know a teacher a a sort of mentor figure um who she behaves like a child around and you're like okay a kid still dresses a lot like bayonetta though it's pretty weird it's a choice yeah, it is. It is. It is very much a choice. You know, doesn't... I will say this. Her clothes are not made of hair. Okay. Actual clothes. So those those are just on all the time, which is great. Right into that. 
in, into the into the child's clothes, staying on at all times. Pretty pretty cool move, developers. But um, so that that in that way, she's she's not like her adult self at all, and she's bad at magic because she's a kid. But um, yeah, a little confusing sometimes. But it's it's fine. It's fine. It's you you you. Her 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 personality and her behavior is very much definitely childlike, and she's very much like. It, it's just one of those things that I couldn't quite put my finger on how old she's supposed to be portraying. See, sometimes she, sometimes she feels like ten, and sometimes she feels like fourteen, and I can't really tell which. I don't think it. I don't think it actually matters very much. It's just one of those things. I'm just very into the ages of people, real or imagined, and I could not pin this person down, and so it stuck like a little tiny splinter in my brain. But it it truly doesn't matter. It's it's not it's not important in any way. I feel like games in general have gotten a little better about delineating what age category characters are. It's definitely you know in the Super Nintendo PlayStation kind of generation, it was especially with a lot of, of Japanese games, you'd be playing as, you know, this ass kicking person saving the world. And there'd be an offhand comment that they're like 14. Yeah. You're like, that doesn't sound right. You've been uh, saving the world from evil and catching them all as a 10 year old boy for 25 years. <laughs> Really? Is that how old <laughs> Pokemon trainers are supposed to be? That is the, that is the, yeah. that is the youngest they can be. Yes. Yeah. In, in, wow. in, in the newer games, you, you get, yeah. The, in, 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 uh, in X and Y, I think they specifically mentioned, yeah, you are what? 14. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but still a child. <laughs> yeah. Still a child. Still a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, 10. That's the age when you're allowed to go out on your own. Oh yeah, Ash. Ash was 10 years old. It was his 10th birthday when he set out. <laughs> I don't know, man. That He looked like 17, 18. Ash? Oh yeah. Yeah. You can't tell me Brock was a fucking kid either. Brock that No, no, that guy's like 40. Motherfucker looked 40 years old. Seriously. <laughs> No child is is choosing Geo dudes as their main form. Oh, of come on, right? Pokemon mastery, like no, <laughs> get out of here. Anyway, yeah. So, anyway, uh, yeah. When does when does this thing come out, James? Uh, the review drops tomorrow, oh. and then it comes out on the seventeenth. Um, and. Yeah, check it out. If you're a Bayonetta fan, this will fill in. Not, but kind of, kind of bad word, but like, at a character that's more whimsical and wondrous and innocent, and um, the whole game has a very magical storybook vibe. And uh, I was gonna say yeah, that. that that visual style gave me very much uh storybook Hades vibes, magical Hades storybook vibes, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it, it looks, it looks incredible all the time when you're playing. There's, there's never a point where it doesn't look incredible. Nice. So yeah. Nice. Uh, quite, so is this exclusive to the switch? I believe so. Yes. 
So it runs at 30 FPS, I'm assuming? Yes. <laughs> so it's like, I think that I'll probably wait until we get a PC port in that case. If, you know, if ever. If it never comes, it's, then... it's Yeah, because, like, the control system is, like, really, really designed for a Joy-Con, which I never yeah. use because I don't uh, do that uh, if I can avoid it. But, like... You know, you're you're very obviously dividing your controller cleanly in half down the middle, and like one is reserved for one character, one's reserved for the other, and never the twain shall meet. Um, I think I think the controls would actually be less confusing if you had it divided up into two separate Joy Cons. You're like, okay, nope, this is my Cheshire hand, this is my Cereza hand. You know, keep it keep it keep it square. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Is it the same voice? Oh, no, wait. Didn't we talk about this in a previous episode? Is it the same? No, because she's 14, so it wouldn't be the same voice yeah. actress. She's right? child age, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think well, she, she's a distinct voice, and then the narrator and Cheshire are voiced by the same person. I don't, I, I can't, I, I don't, I, sometimes it's hard to tell if how many voices the narrator is doing. At least two. Mm. I would love for that it to be all of them. It's all that, just one. That person. would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Just a real yeah. like one human band kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely save on the budget that way. We we know that they're about saving on the budget. Oh yeah. Over in Bayonettaverse. Right. So that's that's what I was gonna ask. This was the game, right, where there was all that voice actor controversy. Oh, that was Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta 3. Well, yeah, yeah, Bayonetta. But uh, yeah, it was with, with the Bayonetta actress. Yeah. But then it... Didn't it come out that, like, she, like, she was wrong? <laughs> like, um, her her gripes were sort of misplaced? It sounded it was, like they were a little overblown, maybe. Overblown, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a Mountain V Molehill kind of situation. Yeah. Um... Or at least that's the impression we got from some reports that came out later. And it's, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, with that shit, like who really knows what went on behind the scenes, right? Tough to comment on that. True. Yeah. Cool. So what else is going on? See any interesting news or. Well, um. I got some. Sure, hook Ooh. us up, man. Apparently, the uh, PlayStation 6 release date... Well, not a release date, but apparently the PlayStation 6 is coming out in 2027. That sounds... Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. And... I want to say that we also... There, there was a rumor that we're going to be hearing about the PS5 Pro this year. Probably around June. Really? Um... But, uh, yeah, I know I definitely read that I think 2027 they're projecting, which which would give they they made sure to specify in the article, which would give the PS5 by far the shortest lifespan out of any PlayStation console. Does it be seven years? Seven years, yeah. Um, hmm. Hmm? Let me see. I mean, it seven was, feels maybe, like a decent run. Maybe it was twenty twenty six. Even the seven is is the is the is the is the number generally. 
that's so the sort of high watermark for when a, 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 a successive system comes out. Because the PS4 came out in 2013, I want to say. 2013. So but it's still run to PS5. But, but it's still going. That's the thing. It's still going. Well, shorter lifespan. Because we won't let it die. Right. It says. Hmm. Sorry, I'm just quickly skimming through this article here. Yeah. Uh, 2027, they're saying that. Hmm. Sony has recently released a set of documents that were supposed to be confidential. <laughs> yeah, Oops. sure. Okay. Yeah. That... <laughs> Thanks to the UK's Competition Market Authority on its investigation of Microsoft's attempt to acquire Activision Blizzard, which is also very much a continuing story. Uh yeah, apparently uh, uh, Jim Ryan in no uh, uncertain terms told them to shove their 10 year Call of Duty agreement it, where the sun don't shine uh, being like, we don't care about your agreement. This acquisition can't go through. Is there actually wow. anti-competitive? Is there actually anybody out there that thinks that Call of Duty will run on the switch? Huh? Uh, no. No, nobody thinks it's not it's just full won't. fat version. Not not no. its full version. It's going to be heavily, heavily compromised. No, it'll be it'll be cloud. They, they if they release it on yeah. there, it'll be a cloud version or nothing because like, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine the bandwidth that Call of Duty Cloud would consume? Oh Good my god. god, it's going to be bad. Like, <laughs> if anybody has plans to play on Call of Duty or play Call of Duty on the Switch, maybe change them. Change those plans. Do they even make SD cards big enough that would fit all of Call of that's, Duty? That's the other thing. No. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's one. You can get the official uh, 512 gigabyte card that has Princess Peach on it for the Switch, and that's about 400 bucks. So if you want to get that, sure. Oh, it'd be half full with Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It, it feels like... Uh, 2027 feels like a decent timeline to me. It also feels like about the right timeline for whatever uh, Naughty Dog's doing next to be ready for PS6. Yeah, yeah. I think people need to keep in mind that technology obviously moves faster today than it ever has before. And so seven years with the PS5 will be equivalent to, a, you know, 10 years with the PS4. Or Oh, it's going to feel old. Right, it's gonna be yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it will. Um, already, I mean, they've they've just released a few PC upgrades. Ryzen just dropped their new CPUs, their Ryzen seven or sorry, Ryzen nine seventy nine series, and like it absolutely blows anything that the PlayStation five or the Series X is doing out of the water. So yeah, you know, it's, it's I I agree with you. I think seven years is probably a pretty fair. I mean, it blows consoles out of the water, but can you get the settings right to make it do that? Well, that's the thing. Like, not only, of course, it blows the the CPU that's in the PlayStation or the Xbox out of the water, but a CPU in a computer is only one component. It's only one one small. Well, I shouldn't say a small part, but size wise, it's only one small part that you add to your PC. Mm-hmm. On top of fifteen to. Fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars worth of other equipment that you'll need, including a fucking case. Uh, yeah, like there, there will never be a time where console gaming isn't more convenient. But 
man, are we ever going to get a time? Are we ever going to see a time where console gaming is on par with PC? No. It's basically, no, it's no, basically but... like in that, that little window when the PS5 like first released, it may have been on par with, you know, mid to higher end gaming PCs, but within six months, you know, the new tech comes out and... True, but like what does a high-end graphics card cost these days like it's it's upward of two thousand dollars two thousand dollars yeah if you want to get one of those 40 series cards you're looking at a minimum 1500 that's that's insane fucking insane fucking insane yeah like, you know can't argue that the the number of people who are swayed by that kind of proposition is fewer and fewer and fewer the higher they push their profits and <laughs> and the cost of these things you know if you're yeah. the, not even the average person, but a pretty hardcore gamer, you're looking at, do I want this $2,000 40 series card or do I want a PS5, an Xbox, and a Switch and a, and Switch, a bunch yeah. of games? Yep. I don't yep. know. Seems like a pretty easy call. That's Yeah, no, that's that's very fair. You still have money left over to go to Mickey D's and maybe you go see a movie or two. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Make a big splash. Skip the McDicks and go straight to Buffalo Wild Wings. Ooh, nice. Well, yeah, if you're buying a PS5 versus that fucking 4090, you're definitely going to have money for Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about this two weeks ago a bit, about the Last of Us show. Yep. Have you guys been keeping up with it? Sure have. Yep. Well, I still have two episodes to go, but... Boy, I'll tell you what, after that episode seven, it's going to be a tough, it's, it's tough for me to get through the rest of the series. I, I don't think I've seen a more boring episode of television. Really? Yeah. Dude, episode seven, where they, they do the, uh, what the fuck was the DLC called for the first game? Left Behind. Left Behind. So they, they did that in an episode, and I was literally crying at how boring it was. It was unbelievable. I'm, but yeah. It was awful, awful. Well, I agree with, I disagree with you completely, Rhett. Yeah. No, I, I know. I, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure there will be people that do, but uh, I know IGN loved the episode. Uh, but yeah, oh man. Like, give me that Nick Offerman episode all day long over episode seven. That was fucking brutal. Wow. Another thing. Why are there no fucking zombies or clickers in the show like yes they show up here and there but why is the show not like the game was very much about them dealing with that situation well no matter no matter the where game they also were needed to be like 20 hours long and they you know to get the entire story into a season they had to cut stuff i think arguably clickers and the the infected are the least interesting parts of that world but yeah, so they're, then they're, people will often uh, like from what I've seen in reviews, people are always talking about how when the fucking zombies and clickers are on screen, it's the best part of the show. And I agree. Well, that's the thing. It's tense, but it's not narratively interesting. And so they have to be really sparing with that shit because like zombies and clickers rule when you're like playing the game but when you're watching the high wears off real fast and i think part of the reason that's so engaging and so compelling is because they're so sparing with it 
If it was just like Clicker City all day, you'd be fucking bored of those things. I promise. Yeah, I, I feel like it's it'd just, be too much like The Walking Dead. But they're far. Yeah. They're, they're not. They're not hitting the mark. They're not hitting the minimum threshold that they should be hitting. They're they're well. That's yeah. That's definitely a, a matter of like divisive opinion. Yeah. Where you get yeah. like, well, some people are like it should be all zombies, and I'm like, some people are like. Eh. I don't think it should be all zombies, but I'm just like, there was no better part. And I, again, I haven't seen the last two episodes, but there was no better part in the entire uh, first season here than when the big fucking bloater crawls out of the ground. Uh, and I don't want to spoil anything if you haven't seen it, but yeah, there's that up. Ep- I think it may be episode six. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, was- that was awesome. Yeah, awesome. That, that I, I episode will- in general was yeah, fucking gut wrenching. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And- there's, there's some Episode pretty raw the shit. There's some pretty raw shit in eight, and um, some a little bit less, but still some raw shit in nine. But yeah, eight for sure is like it's a yeah, lot, yeah. man. It's a whole fucking lot. It, yeah. It's interesting. Like in in this show, they have the benefit of knowing where a lot of story beats end up going, so they can lay a little bit more groundwork for. Uh, character development, which I, f- I find very interesting because it is mostly following the, the track of the game. Like the major beats are the same uh, with some changes here and there, but I don't know. I feel like they're, they're doing some heavy lifting for later seasons. I could definitely see them going into season two, not being uh, part two right away. Some intermit- intermittent content that happens between the two parts. Uh, as far as the games go to yeah, maybe to bridge I, that gap, because I know red, you especially felt like it was not earned in, in part two, a lot of what happens. Absolutely maybe not. Maybe they're planning to go there. Absolutely not. Um, but I, I disagree with you just because Pedro Pascal is one of the most sought after actors in the world right now. And I don't think he's going to have the time to be around for more. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see for sure. Like Mandalorian yeah. is going to consume a right. lot of his time. Mandalorian, the infinite money truck. So infinite money truck, right? As if he's not making more money with the Disney shit. And like, not, not only that, but like other projects, like again, he's, he was my favorite character in game of Thrones. And, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people, like he really started he's, to blow up after that show, right? He slays in everything, dude. He, he's unbelievable. He's absolutely unbelievable. You know what, um, and, but you know what really gets me about this show in particular is uh, because The Last of Us is so much about the connection between Joel and Ellie. The two actors who are most important to that do a, a phenomenal job of building that with not a lot of screen time to do it. You know, the game has 20, 25 hours to make that connection make sense, and they're getting it done in very limited time especially when things are getting intense and those two are making eye contact and looking at each other. It's incredibly believable. I think they're both doing a phenomenal job. Yeah. I mean, I I can't argue that it's definitely got, uh, you know, that crisp HBO touch to it. It's, it's, it's shot. Well, it's directed. Well, there's no denying that. Uh, But yeah, (laughs) Just set episode seven, I th- episode three on fire. And, well, no, uh, no, 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 no. There was, there's, there's more to it than just episode seven. There's been a lot of stuff that's been 
just quite frankly not as interesting as the game. Like even mm. even going back to Joel and and um Chris? Is that her name? Joel Tess. and Tess. Tessa. So even going back to Joel and Tess and their reasoning for going through the city in the first couple episodes and how like in the game they're gun smugglers and they're going to get their guns but they for some reason Druckmann just had to change that to make Joel like a drug dealer in the like why why was he trying to make Joel more relatable by being a drug dealer than a gun smuggler like why why did that change need to be made I, I, my impression of the story was that he just sh- he just moved whatever, and I think that time it just happened to be drugs. I don't, I don't, I don't think it was like, like I didn't get the, Dude, the scene was where like, they specifically said, "Yo, I'm gonna need that baggy back." He's a drug dealer. Oh yeah, well, I'm just saying. I don't think that's the only thing is moving. I don't think that's the only illicit activity he's getting into. I think it was just like that was one of the highlights. Yeah, the, the impression I got was just like, oh, he's just he's just a smuggler. I, yeah, you know? I would call that line flavor as to tell you just how dire things are like shit is not readily available, uh, especially for people who haven't played the game to, yeah, to see that and go, like, especially drug baggies. They're not available. Well, anything that you could put something into. Yeah, no, it, it yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's not a it's not a needed change, but I don't think it's a significant one. Yeah. Uh, I think that there were a lot of opportunities that they missed with Nick Offerman's character. A lot of opportunities. There should have been much, much more interaction between Joel and uh, and uh, Bill. Bill. Thank you. There should have been a lot more interaction between Joel and Bill. Yeah. There was a lot of screen time spent on stuff that at the end of the day, they didn't matter to the story. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Joel and Bill meet for the first time. I would have loved to have seen them, you know, how, how, like, how did they find each other? How, how did they know each other? I wasn't a big fan of the dinner scene where it just cuts to them all sitting down having dinner. And it's like, why, like, why did these characters know each other? At what point did they meet each other? Yeah, What's their history? Like that felt like there's some cutting room floor there. Dude, and but they it's a that's a 79 pe- minute episode. You're yeah. telling me you couldn't fit in a 2 minute scene explaining why Joel and Bill know each other? Yeah. I would why? be curious to know what the uh what the mechanics behind all that are. Yeah. Because there there was a lot that seemed like it was plastered over of you know someone on the radio. We've been talking exactly. on the radio. Exactly. You know. But yeah. like I said, give me give me that episode all day over that episode 7. Holy shit. Those two just in the mall like, oh my god. Kill me. Kill me. Fun fact, that mall is like 10 minutes from where I grew up. Yeah, now, so the locations, holy fuck, did they ever nail it with the locations. The show, like I'll say, the show is absolutely beautiful. There's no Mm -hmm. denying that. It's absolutely gorgeous. And yeah, they were, they nailed it with the locations. 10 minutes from where you grew up, eh? Yeah, that mall is right across from where I went to high school. Fuck. (laughs) Is it? Is it still going? Is it still active? No, is it, no, oh, no so it was like, yeah, it was pretty much dead even when, you know, crazy 10 or but 15 it, years ago, but, but it's still standing. Yeah. I don't know. I think they've, they fucked it up pretty good when they uh, put the set together. 
Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. But yeah. Anyways. I'm glad they made it. It's it's one of the more entertaining video game adaptations that's out there. And you know, proof that it can be done without it being super cheesy and it can be its own thing. Uh, so maybe show, that uh, empowers people to. They're lucky they got Pedro Pascal. They're lucky they got Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Yeah. Who did I see? They were they were thinking about casting into that. He really sells it for me. Shit, I, I wish I could remember who who they said they were planning to ca- cast. And I was like, really? No, I don't think so. Maybe that would not um, fly. David Boreanaz? No. No? Mm. Anyway. LL Cool J? I'd, I'd watch Ice-T. <laughs> Ice-T is Joe. <laughs> yeah, I'd be into that. <laughs> That'd be a whole vibe. <laughs> uh, anything else we should be talking about here, fellas, or should we uh, get the heck out of here? Um, I noticed I saw that they've released a very short gameplay trailer for that Robocop game coming out in September. Oh, really? Yes. It's just a, it's a it's a first person thing. You've got like the scanner where you're like, ah, oh, checking objects out and stuff like that. You, it's it's the, the heads up display is very much like feels very robocop apparently there's there's no there's no head bob when you move around and he just sort of walks instead of runs so it feels very much like him sort of moving around this nasty version of detroit it's uh and like the 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 kills are really really gooey like when he's like blowing people away it's just like fucking pops of blood just like just like as just like fucking laying people out with that crazy pistol of his it you know, looks and this looks like what cyberpunk should have been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this looks. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's it's I, I we saw the one teaser trailer and it just sort of went under the radar and this looks great. Apparently, apparently it's coming out this year, but we'll see it. Uh, I'll, I'll be a Robocop. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'd buy this for a dollar. Dude, seriously. Robo- oh yeah! Man, remember the first time you saw RoboCop, and you saw that <laughs> fucking, you saw that big ass robot come into the office building, <laughs> and blow those motherfuckers away. <laughs> man, I, now that's film. Probably making, like seven you know? years old. <laughs> oh god, just the best, just the best. Ooh. Yeah, this is sweet. Oh yeah, this looks good. Is this coming out this year? Apparently. Oh, grabbing people by the throat and throwing them across the room. Always yeah, fun. Baby. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like this targeting system. Holy shit, you actually like feel oh. like you're RoboCop. Holy giblets. My goodness. Yeah, it gets gooey, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah, okay. There you have it. RoboCop Rogue City. I really <laughs> hope I really hope that those blood effects like stick. You know, I hope the blood doesn't disappear. So by the time you get through a room of baddies, it's just a fucking mess of blood and guts. That would be on brand. Yeah. And if uh, if this goes well, that means they can move on directly to doing like total recall. Starship oh, yeah. troopers. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, they could just be like the Verhoeven guys. They they could just make a bunch of Verhoeven games. That'd be so sick. Hundred percent. I was thinking about that not that long ago. I feel like Verhoeven is you know someone who understands how to make art, and it's almost like a lot of these movies were his protest against the era in which they were made. Yep, it's it's brilliant stuff. The Starship Troopers is just about how uh, 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 autocratic military militaristic fascism type governments are really fucking bad. And um, he made a bunch of the uniforms just like actual SS military uniforms and people still missed it on the first viewing and the second and the third. <laughs> it was just like, I, he, I think he said in an interview himself, it's like, it's not subtle. <laughs> like, it's not subtle at all. <laughs> I'm doing my part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. I'm a smart man. All right. Well, uh, this has been a good time here, fellas. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad we played some games. Looking forward to what's next. Uh, Rhett, if you get, if you get some uh, VR going, let's play some No Man's Sky. Yeah, I'm going to order it tomorrow, I think. Nice. It should be here by the end of the week. James, what's up next for you? Mm-hmm. Or Bayonetta? Yeah, second run through, maybe a bit of that. I don't know about a, I, I don't know about that. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm looking forward to the fucking Advance Wars games coming up next month. That's gonna be great. Oh yeah, uh, nice. looking forward to uh, the Mega Man Battle Network collection coming out in April. Sorry, now you said you said Advance Wars plural. Uh, there, yeah. there's more than one coming out next month. Uh, it's it's one and two in a collection. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, cool. I guess we should also mention that Starfield got a release date again in September. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. But, you know, we were talking about how uh, developers might not feel, you know, inclined to put as much effort into Game Pass games. I think that obviously with Starfield, given that it's first party, I think that this is probably a safe bet to go ahead and play first day. Uh,. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I have no, no. Hold on, no. I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that it's just going to be Fallout, Elder Scrolls in space, and with yep. that will come its its fair share of bugs and glitches and whatnot. But you know, <laughs> Bethesda jank. Bethesda jank is a term for a reason, and I come. I entirely expect that to be present in Starfield oh, day, day I, one, day one hundred, day five hundred, day one thousand. I'm sure there's going to be that Bethesda jank. In listen. There. Everybody, it is your civic goddamn duty. If you have capture cards, if you have the ability to record extensive <laughs> video footage, when you play Starfield, you turn it on and you leave it on because you are going to capture some incredible moments. That's a good point. That, like, <laughs> that's, a, like, that's a very good point. I'm, I'm absolutely going to do it. Like, I'm probably not even going to be reviewing the game. That's probably going to go to some, I don't know, other fucking oh, big shot rigged. Oh, yeah. Anything on Game Pass, I ain't touching. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I? Yeah. Yeah. But but like I mean unless you're like, gonna man, throw me I'm gonna record all of it. There's gonna be some amazing shit in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great call. I'm gonna do the same. I'll make sure to plug in my Xbox to the capture card when I'm playing it. <laughs> it's also uh interesting, you know, Sony's been really quiet about release dates for this year, and I think they were waiting for this moment. I think there's there's a significant possibility that one of their big shots you know, Spider-Man 2, something like that. Death Stranding 2. Day and date. Yeah. With Starfield. 
Yeah. Spider-Man 1 came out in uh, September, if I remember correctly. That's probably a good call on Spider-Man. Hey? You got to figure that that game is pretty much ready to, to, to go. Yeah. Spider-Man 2, yeah. Yeah, so I, I would expect in the next state of play, we start seeing a little bit of that, that drip feed content for what's yeah. coming in the fall. Well, we are, we are getting a physical E3 this year, right? Come June? I don't sure. know, are we? What's left of it? Yeah, what's left of it? Yeah, shambling corpse. I'm pretty sure they announced. Yeah, in in LA there'll be a an actual E3 for the first time in years. So maybe then. Oh, at very least they'll have energy drinks. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if that thing's coming back (laughs) in any significant form. No, but. Yeah, it was like a, a half-ass packs. Last few times it went anyway. But, yeah, you know, really. Yeah. Interesting. But maybe that's a tale for another time. Yeah. Yeah. James and I can uh, regale you with stories of of E3's past. I would love to hear some of that. Yeah, probably the statute of limitations has run out on a lot of that stuff james so um, yeah i think so probably safe here (laughs) (laughs) all right well uh, thanks thanks for watching thanks for listening everybody statute of limitations (laughs) yeah that's what we that's what we call foreshadowing a little bit of a cliffhanger here yo yeah Yeah. seriously tune in next time holy shit (laughs) find out how james got out of la alive Yeah. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next time right here on Press X to Podcast. Bye-bye.